Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demacos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner, and we continue our positional rankings today with wide receivers. We did our running backs. On Monday, if you haven't checked those out, make sure you go to thedraftnetwork.com. They have all of our rankings in written form, so you can see those and you can listen to the podcast as well on Spotify, Anchor, Apple. They are everywhere, so you can listen to the full breakdown on the podcast and see them in a written form there. But we will start off with the number one overall spot. We've been using the Fantasy Pros ADP, just so everybody knows. If you go to fantasypros.com, you can see the average draft position for all of these different players that we're going to get into. Uh, We're doing top 25, and the first one overall here is DeAndre Hopkins. He's won across the board on CBS fan tracks. I mean, literally everyone. He is the undecided number one overall wide receiver. He is my wide receiver one um, and is the beginning of tier one. He is not my wide receiver one. So if you checked out my latest... Mine either. What is going on? I know. If you checked out my latest updated rankings on the Draft Network, uh, I moved Devontae Adams up to the number one spot. And let me talk to you about... But we'll talk about him in a second. But New Hopkins, he's, he's a, obviously he's a star player. Um, I'm not terribly concerned about the injury right now, but it is something to kind of keep an eye on. He has three top five finishes in fantasy points per game for receivers in the past four years. Fifth, 33rd that year he was injured, and then second and fourth. Again, he's a really great option there. He's somebody that's going to go in the middle of the first round. If you take him as wide receiver one, I think you're fine. We're going to we're gonna talk about a few of these guys, but I think the top three receivers for me are all interchangeable and are all going right next to each other in the middle of the first round. Yeah, I got Julio Jones at one, but there's nothing not to love about Nuke. I don't think their defense is going to be very good. From a football standpoint, they're going to be throwing it a ton. They don't run it very well with that offensive line, and he is by far their biggest option. Yeah. anything that they do. So. Yeah, and he put up numbers when he didn't have a good quarterback there, uh, which was and, – and not that not that I think Deshaun Watts is the greatest quarterback of all time, but he's a much, much better quarterback than years prior that they had. And, and I think they're building chemistry and it's looking good. So I, I love New Hopkins. But like, uh, like Jamie said, these next couple of guys are interchangeable for me. Uh, I feel really confident in having any of them. And the number two overall guy we talked about – Devontae Adams, he's my second overall wide receiver. Uh, a lot of confidence in Devontae Adams and him being the clear-cut number one option for Aaron Rodgers. And we know Rodgers is going to throw the ball, and the ball's got to go somewhere, and it's definitely going to go to Devontae Adams. Safe is the word I would use to describe yes. uh, Devontae Adams. He was a number one fantasy, fantasy wide receiver last year in points per game. Uh, as I said on the show a bunch before, I expect the Packers to throw a lot more this year. And if you're someone that is really into high floors – Last year, Devontae Adams finishes in a wide receiver two or better in 85% of weeks. Yeah, 85% he gave you at least wide receiver two production. He's the safest wide receiver option there. I'm taking him with a six pick and six or seven pick in fantasy drafts this year, and I'm running away. I don't think you could not feel great about everything Adams is doing. The chemistry with Aaron Rodgers, he's, as Paige said, the clear cut number one receiver there. Um, the reason I put Julio at one to go back to that, we'll talk about him in a second, I'm sure, is this red zone thing cannot continue. Mm-hmm. But the thing you got to love about Nuke is he's a target everywhere, especially the red zone. And I love that about Adams as well. He's really become a well-rounded guy that can run a slant, can run a comeback. They can throw a fade. They can throw a back shoulder. Aaron Rodgers, of course, can throw all of that. Love him, as Jamie's saying. All these guys are right there in that six, seven, eight above a bunch of other running backs that we talked about in the last show. Yeah, I think you you got to like having either one of the guys we just talked about. And, and the number three overall guy, uh, 
I am very excited to own, but it's interesting because I don't have him in my top three, um, and I don't think either of you do as well, and that's Michael Thomas, a guy that Jake loved having last year. I had him year. at three last year, which yeah. is higher than everybody else. Yeah. I don't have him at three this year. I love, I, I love Michael Thomas. I have him as my fourth overall just outside the top three, and that's because, in my opinion, Hopkins, Adams, and Julio Jones are much better options in that top three than Michael Thomas. I just have a lot more confidence in those three than I do Michael Thomas. I do as well, but Michael Thomas is still someone you should take in the first round. Yes, but yes. you see, maybe a little bit later, maybe that's where if you're feeling lucky about Gurley or Gordon or one of those players, you maybe say, okay, that's the line. Michael Thomas is my number four uh, wide receiver for me, and he's, he's just he's the top of that second tier that I have on the draftnetwork.com. I just don't think he's got number one wide receiver upside. And I think the, the two guys we talked about before and Julio Jones all have number one overall wide receiver upside. Michael Thomas finished eighth, seventh, and fifth the last three years. Excellent. And I think he's a lock to be a wide receiver one. But I do think he's going to be more of somewhere between wide receiver four and wide receiver six when the season comes to an end. And just if you're talking about a pure upside play in the first half of the first round, I can't quite take him there. But he's someone that needs to go in the back half of round one. So I have been four as well. And one of the things we should mention about the other guys, Julio now has Ridley. You can't defend them the same way, and you're hoping Ridley takes a step forward. Hopkins has Fuller and Kiki Kuti when they're healthy. Yep. The biggest thing with him is if they're healthy. But if they're healthy and all three of those guys are out there, you can't defend them the same way. Devontae Adams has players now, these young guys that are I think Jamal up. Allison could be a decent player this year, both in real-life football and yeah. fantasy. Ab- absolutely. That too. Absolutely. But there's guys you can't defend these guys the same way. Michael Thomas doesn't have that. There's no real clear-cut big-time number two. Ted Ginn, nah, we're not talking about him in the same category. No. We're talking about these no. other guys. I think you have to put him in four. And I don't think he can also maintain the, the workload he got in, through weeks one through five last year. Because after week five, it wasn't the same. He was going to 20 targets, and he catches everything. So yes, his target-to-catch ratio is insane. I don't think that can continue at the same pace. I also think he's the first receiver we've talked about. Again, we haven't talked about Julio Jones yet, but he might as well be in this conversation. Yeah. I think Hopkins, Jones, and Adams all have double-digit touchdown upside. I think Michael Thomas has the least likely chance of getting the 10 touchdowns of any of the ones we've talked about so far. And, I I, th- and that makes a difference when you're trying to split hairs here at the top. I agree, and you also have to look at the numbers Jake brought up. It also was it coincided with Drew Brees and that team just overall going at a down. They were scoring less points. They were putting it just kind of all trajectory. It went that way, and I kind of have a feeling that that's a similar thing that we're going to see with this team potentially. Still Drew Brees and still Michael Thomas, still Sean Payton, but this offense has a lot to prove, as we talked about when we did the NFC South, and we said we all think they're still going to win the division. I think they take a step back. And this offense has a lot to prove. They got to figure out an identity. Ingram gone. There's always a team that everybody expects to be really good that isn't. And this might be a little too early for my hot take, but we'll get into these. But I'm leaning. The Saints are starting. I'm t- starting to talk myself out of the New Orleans Saints. If you want to take Tiger Tyreek Hill, which we'll get to in a minute too, over Michael Thomas, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. We all have him at four, but yeah, uh, number four on the. Fantasy Pros ADP, we've talked about him now, uh, Julio Jones. Uh, yeah. He's my number three. So here's what everybody's going to come at us with, especially me for having him as my number one guy. He hasn't scored a touchdown. Yeah, okay. That cannot continue. It, it just can't. It was a freak thing that went on for damn near two years. Yeah. It, there's no way it continues. He's going to have at least eight, if not 11 or 12, period. And yeah, he's gonna, he, when you come at us with that, go ahead. But that's no reason to shy away from Julio. The only thing you have to be concerned about is injury. I mean, that, that, that's really the only thing to be concerned about. He's my wide receiver three. He's, again, is the bottom of that top tier that's interchangeable. Second, fourth, tenth, and seventh, where his finishes the last four years among fantasy wide receivers. He's going to be a, a bona fide wide receiver one. 
if he, his touchdown rate spikes, let's say he has a fluky, let's say 12 touchdown season, he he's going to be the wide receiver one. Yes, without a And doubt. I think that's the thing if, if where I don't, why I don't have a guy like Michael Thomas or probably the next guy or, or, or some of the other guys that we, we're going to talk about is they don't have wide receiver one upside. And I think Julio Jones absolutely has wide receiver one upside. Yeah, nobody will be surprised if he ends up being the number one overall wide receiver at the end of the season. Uh, number five on this list, Odell Beckham Jr. I want to talk about this one because he the, he's been ranked number one by a lot of people in the fantasy That's industry. Uh, number two or number three. I see this a lot. Here's my concern with Odell Beckham. One, he hasn't played seventy five percent of, or he hasn't played seventy five percent of his career games. That scares me. We could talk about receivers like Julio Jones and being worried about injury, and then we could talk about receivers that almost always play. miss time with injury. He is one of those guys. Two. I'm not sure him having going to an offense with more weapons is as big of an upgrade as people are making it. He was the guy in New York. He was the guy for Eli Manning and got a ton of targets and a ton of catches being that role. There were a lot of mouths to feed in Cleveland. Jarvis Landry's going to want the ball. David Njoku's going to want the ball. They have one running back in the first eight weeks that's going to want the ball and two running backs in the second eight weeks that are going to want the ball. I'm... I think they're going to run the ball significantly. So I, I do wonder how much upside there is. To I, I just don't know if there's wide receiver one upside for Odell Beckham. When he's on the field, he's been great. Third, sixth, third, eighth in fantasy points per game. I think he's a top five guy for me. Uh, he could be in the top five range. He's my number six wide receiver. But there's a lot more risk with him than anybody else we've talked about. And I don't think that's being accounted for. He's my seventh overall wide receiver. I echo everything Jamie just said. And uh, maybe I'm just a little bit more cynical about the Cleveland Browns and potentially everybody else. But I just don't think that this marriage is going to be as great as everybody believes it to be. And I think if the Browns actually want to have success, and I know Jake has said this, they're going to have to run the football and Odo Beckham Jr. Like Jamie said, nearly never plays 16 games, like hardly ever. So I, if I'm going to pick one of these guys that I would keep out of my top five, it's easy to look at Odell Beckham Jr. and go, yeah, I'm keeping him out of my top five. I've got him at nine. Yeah, I figured. OBJ is all about OBJ. That's going to be a problem sooner or later. And they want to run the ball. The guy in charge, Freddie Kitchens, wants to run the ball. Him and Baker run the show. The problem is you got other guys that maybe think that's not the case. and It's all going to rear its ugly head at some point. Maybe they can overcome it. Maybe they can't. I've got him all the way at nine. I think his number of catches and number of targets are down from where they've been when he plays. I don't think he'll play all 16 games, as Jamie said. Enough that I, 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 don't, really, I don't really like him. I don't really want him unless he falls in a draft, and there's no way he's falling in any draft. No, he'll get, he'll get drafted. Not when people got him. It's the, the number one guy? Uh, I, Come there, on. There is a respected media outlet that I will not name. They're not very respected after you name it to me when the show's uh, over. That has Olo Beckman as their number five overall player. Yeah. I saw it today. Yeah, no. I'm sorry. I'll tell you guys off the air. I might be doing something with them at some point, so I, I can't uh, – yeah, I, I don't want to stick a knife in that. But uh, Tell I, me because I'm not. Yeah, that's <laughs> – It's too high. It's too high. Uh, you're buying – You're saying he's 110 catches, 1,500 yards, and 10 touchdowns plus. too much of the hype. So, so let me th- – He's not putting up Antonio Brown numbers in AB's prime. So let me put up these numbers because if you've heard me talk about this in the show before, I did the projection systems where seven different projections all weighted, blah, blah, blah. You've heard it before. Here's what I here's what it spit out for Otto Beckham Jr. And tell me if you think these numbers are way low. Yeah. Okay, 92 catches, 1,281 yards, nine touchdowns. That would be a hell of a year. It'd be a great. Year. Okay, and of my projected receivers, that's the seventh most points. 
So again, I think if people have to understand, there's I don't if know what they can, think the upside if, is. If he can get there, that's a hell of a year. Yeah, he'll be a, he'll be I a number he top five receiver, but he won't be number one. No. Yeah, uh, I just don't. I I feel really confident in saying Odell Beckham Jr. will not be a top five wide receiver at the end of this year. I, I, I haven't drafted him anywhere. Yep. Like he's not been a guy that I've gone after. Number six overall, Tyree Kill. He's my fifth overall wide receiver. Uh, we know what to expect from this guy. We saw it with Mahomes last year. He's not getting suspended. That was the biggest part of going into this uh, fantasy football season was whether or not he was going to sit. He's not going to sit. He's had a minor injury, which is always a little bit concerning. But I think you know that he could end up being the number one overall guy, number two overall guy, and it wouldn't be surprised. I got him at five as well because he doesn't only catch the ball. You get some return stuff when he takes one to the house. But you also get a bunch of carries. Yes. They throw in a bunch of these little, these new little quarterback takes it and just pops it forward, which is technically yeah. a catch, which is great for PBR. But yeah. he, they, everything goes through him. Everything they do. It's Patrick Mahomes, of course, but he's the number one target. They move him all over the place. You get bubble screens he can take to the house. He can beat anybody deep. He's going to piss you off some weeks because he's going to go out and get 51 weeks. He's going to come back with 10 or 12. But at the end of the year, I don't think there's any way if he plays all 16 games, that he plays through everything, that he's not a top five. Yeah, guy. it's boom or bust. And you're going to have to know that there are going to be weeks where he single-handedly wins you matchups. And there are going to be weeks where he finishes with three catches for 50 yards and you're upset. But he's my number five receiver as well. Finished number three last year. Number eight the year before that. I think people keep waiting for this touchdown regression to come with him. It's not. Tyreek Hill is a special player. He's different. He is not like everybody else. And I think that's the thing that gets mixed up when people talk about guys coming back down to the pack is sometimes talent level and the way they're used in offense isn't being considered. Tyreek Hill is a special talent. We are not. We should not apply the same rules that we apply to the 20th best wide receiver in the league to Tyreek Hill. No, he's just faster than everybody. He will outrun everyone. That's, that's and has. Just, and, and Andy Reid is damn good at getting him open. Whether and, he gets himself open or not, Andy schemes up a lot of stuff for him. And oh, by the way, Patrick Mahomes is just going to sling the football. Yes. That is not going mm-hmm. to change. Uh, the number seventh overall wide receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster, I have him as my eighth overall wide receiver heading into this season. Uh, I have a lot of faith. I know that Ben Roethlisberger is going to throw the ball to him a lot. I don't think he quite has the same upside as Antonio Brown, just because I don't think that he's going to end up being the number one overall guy this season. But I feel pretty confident in him being in that. Five as to AB 10 was range. when AB was in Pittsburgh. Yes, yes. yes. I, I think the five to ten range is exactly. I've got him at ten. Be. I love the player. He's going to face a lot of double teams for the first time. Yes. Which I think he can overcome. But it's going to be an think, adjustment. I mean, Ben led the league in passing last year. Yeah. I'm not sure that they throw it at enough to do that. They're going to throw it a ton, and he's the number one guy by far. I think all of that just regresses him a little bit. He put up monster, a monster, oh, monster, yeah. monster numbers last year. I'm not sure they're quite the same, so I've got him at 10. So I use my number seven wide receiver, and, and there are a couple ways I want to tackle this. I like guys to get abundance of targets. Only seven wide receivers last year got 10 or more targets per game on average. Juju was one of them. Here's what I look into it, and yes, he's gonna ha- he's gonna have an adjustment period. I believe I forgot which wide receiver was talking to him, but said you're gonna have to almost reinvent your out treat this year when you're facing these top corners and facing bracket coverage. You're gonna have to learn how to take your game to the next level. But I also want to talk about this because there's a lot of concern that. Well, I guess the first thing I'll say is that yes, they're gonna throw less, which I mean is less targets to go around. But I don't think Juju's losing any targets. A lot of people are concerned about the weapons around. So I want to preface this and I want to put this in this context. No, none of us believe that today that Juju Smith-Schuster is as good as Antonio Brown was in his prime. Correct? Correct. But, deter- but how far of a difference should matter? Because let me talk to you about who, between Emmanuel Sanders leaving and Juju Smith-Schuster arriving, 
were the number two and number three options at wide receiver for the Steelers. Okay? It was two years in a row. It was Marcus Wheaton and Martavis Bryant. And then there was a year where it was Eli Rogers and Sammy Coates. Meanwhile, A.B. was the number one wide receiver those years. So I would not be afraid that Juju Smith-Schuster can't finish in that five to eight range just because there are other options there. I'm not sure Dante Moncrief and James Washington aren't as good if not better than those guys I just named you. Yeah, yeah I would agree with Here's that. Here's my other thing why I think his targets could be less. They forced it to A.B. all the time because A.B. would be complaining if that's not the case. That's not Juju. He wants to win games. Ben doesn't feel like he wants to get Juju the ball and put up numbers for Juju, but it doesn't feel like he has to force it. So if they're doubling Juju, it's still B.A.'s offense. It's designed to throw the open guy the ball. If Ben's doing that, he's not forcing it. So the targets may be down to eight a game, not ten a game. So I think I think he does have a few less targets because he's going to get doubled. Yes. The number eight overall guy, guy we've uh, mentioned quite a few times now in reference to comparing uh, wide receivers to him, and that is Antonio Brown. Uh, Antonio Brown is my ninth overall wide receiver in my in my top ten rankings. I think he's. I think he's going to end up being top 10, but I am hesitant because of the foot issue. I'm hesitant because of the team he's playing for. I'm hesitant because of the head coach that he's playing for. Uh, there's a, The word hesitant is being mentioned a couple of times because of a lot of reasons. I'm hesitant because he's a step slower to my eyeballs yeah. from last year. I don't know what we're going to get with these feet. And Gruden and him, I think, are going to be beyond butting heads before this is over with. I got him at 11. Jamie? I dropped him from seven to nine uh, with this foot in, this foot injury news, which apparently now is a frostbite issue from like a cryotherapy chamber or like. I don't even know how it's possible. Like, oh, they uh, so, give you give you booties and socks to put on. Yeah, I I don't understand. You better better find a better cryotherapy place. That's all I have to say. That's or they did, and he just didn't do. It. Who knows? Who but knows? look, there's a lot of risk with AB. Uh, I still want to dispel the rumor that he had a bad fantasy season last year. He was the number two receiver in points yeah. per game. It's not the same offense. It's not the same player. But I do think he's going to – look, he doesn't have number one or number two wide receiver potential anymore. But I do think he's going to finish among the wide receiver ones. Number nine overall on this list from Fantasy Pros is Mike Evans. And this is the my first hot take of the year. Uh, I have Mike Evans as my sixth overall wide receiver, and I will not be surprised if he ends up in the top five. I'm buying all of the hype. And I loved having Mike Evans on any fantasy team I've ever had. And I think this is going to be the best version of him that we see. He's number 11 for me. Uh, I am not a Mike Evans fantasy fan. He is a player that up to this point has always been about more about potential than production in fantasy. Again, fantasy purposes. He's an unbelievable athlete and we like football. He's finished, again, out, he's finished outside the top wide receiver ones three of the last four years and finished outside the top 22 of the last four years. I, I think he's, he's going to have some upside in this offense, but there are, again, there are a lot of mouths to feed in Tampa Bay, and a lot of people are going to eat, and a lot of numbers are going to go up. But I, I, so that's why I have him there at 11. I think he's going to be a good option, but he's not somebody I'm reaching for. To me, the only way he gets into that top five is he has to have a dozen touchdown season, and I'm just not – his touchdowns have been so fluky because touchdowns are not equal to talent. It's not, it's not, scoring touchdowns isn't a talent at wide receiver. You, you can be good in the red zone, but they can still spike you. You're talking about Julio Jones, for example, who's, who's maybe the most talented receiver in football, doesn't catch a ton of touchdowns the last couple of years. I like him. I don't love him as much as you do, Paige. I've got him at eight. I'm right between you. I love him. He's the number one option there. You're going to be able to double team him weeks one and two, and then Godwin and Perriman are going to absolutely eat you alive. You're not going to be able to do it after that, and I think his numbers are going to spike from then on. He's the number one option there. He's a red zone freak. You can throw him a bunch of different stuff, back shoulders, fades, toss it up, whatever. 
Um, See, that's where I think the upside. I think he's going to score double-digit touchdowns. I think he's. I going think the to potential. Be, the thing that I love about Mike Evans the most, we talk about it every show, is everybody forgets about him. I know. Yeah. He's going to be there oh, in I round know, two. If he drops any farther than that, you go, oh. Yeah, what's his ADP right now that you haven't pulled 23 up? overall. Okay, so yeah, you're the back end of round two. Yeah, yeah I mean, sign you, me up. Yeah, thank I, you very I much. love that. Yeah, thank you very Not much. Not to mention, love the dude that I got to know when I was down there. Yeah. Nobody gets it more. I mean, he's Larry Fitzgerald of the time that he spends with people before and after practice, making sure everybody gets a picture. Though, and it's not because he has to; it's because he wants to. Yeah, well, love always love hearing that. It's easier to root for your players when you uh, when you know that they're good dudes as well. Uh, number ten overall on this list is Adam Thielen. I have Adam Thielen as my number twelve overall wide receiver. Just kind of rounding out what I would say is like the the top twelve guys. Um, I like Adam Thielen. I know what to expect. I think he's. Between him and Diggs, I would prefer to have Thielen. I could hear the argument to have Diggs, but I like Adam Thielen more. Uh, he is my number 12 receiver as well. My concern with Adam Thielen is he was really blah the second half of the year. I was an Adam Thielen owner, and you were, th- we were he was the wide receiver one in the first half of the year, number one overall. Uh, finished as number six overall, so not like he had a bad season, but he really struggled in the second half there. Stephon Diggs out-targeted him a lot, and this is going to be one that I'm going to have trouble with this offseason. I have Thielen over Diggs right now, but again, I talk about I want guys that are going to get targets, especially when both guys are talented. I like him. I wouldn't reach for him. Uh, there's another receiver we haven't talked about that I would definitely take over him. There's like four we haven't talked about yeah. that I'd take over. I've got him at 12 as well. They're going to run the ball more than they did last year, period. And I'm talking probably 20% more than they – maybe 30%. Yeah, they threw lot. it more than anybody the first 14 weeks until DiFilippo got fired. They're going to run it a lot more, yeah. which means both of their shares are going to come down. I think Diggs has more upside. I got him at 12 as well. I still love the player. Yeah. And the other thing is I don't know which one Kirk Cousins has the better chemistry with. Yeah, because the first half of the season it was Thielen, and then the second half it was it's Diggs. Hard, and... See, that's, it's hard to tell. It wasn't, it wasn't very definitive like it is with other with other. Yeah, I mean, Jamie hit the nail on the head. I'm not reaching for either no. one. I think Diggs has more upside. Yeah, I think the good we news all... is a lot of people, for some reason, want to – draft him too high and forget about Diggs. I've gotten Diggs the last two years, like yeah. later rounds. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's going in the top 10. Uh, like, I think we all have him 12. We all like him, but a yeah. little a couple of spots lower because of guys like this guy I'm about to mention. Number 11 overall is T.Y. Hilton. And I have number I have T.Y. Hilton as my number 10 wide receiver. And I'm probably going to move him up because I'm buying all of the Indianapolis hype uh, that I've created myself. He's 10 for me, but I'm probably going to move him down. I just don't think he has the upside that some of these other guys have. He is going to finish the season as a wide receiver one. I yeah. feel very confident Inside in that. But, the top but he's going to finish between 10 and 12. Okay. I mean, that's just where he finishes. And, and he has two finishes outside the top 30 in recent years, too. Yeah. That offense is going to be great. I think the Colts are a Super Bowl contender. T.Y. is going to get his when he's on the field. But he just doesn't have this massive, massive upside. And you know, when I'm sitting there thinking about, like, value, I I mean, look, right now I have Evans behind Hilton, but I think Evans has way more upside to finish in fantasy than T.Y. Hilton does. So he's a safe option there, but he's not somebody I'm clamoring to get. I love when we get to be this opposite of sides. I got him at six. I think he has the best year of his career. He has more weapons around him than he's ever had. Better offensive line for Andrew Luck, who's going to play all 16 games. Probably a better running game. All of that spells more numbers for T.Y. because he can still go deep. And he has other people out there that can take the over-the-top coverage away from him. If you're playing him, man, he's going to kill you. He played through a lot of injuries last year, still put a lot of numbers. I think he does have the upside because I think he puts up more touchdowns than he has in the past. Yeah, I'm like I said, I have him 10 overall, and I'm I was toying with moving him up this morning and probably will at some point. 
the number 12 overall in these rankings, Keenan Allen. I have him one spot ahead of that. I have Keenan Allen as my 11th overall wide receiver. Guys, where do you have him? This is my guy. He's number eight. He's in that. He's a tier above T.Y. I got him seven, so we're dead on with this one. I I might move him above T.Y. Yeah, I I have him as just a slight tier above T.Y. Evans. I have him above Antonio Brown. He, when he's been on the field, he's been consistent. He's 6th, 4th, and 12th in his three full seasons in fantasy points per game the last four years. He's tied to an offense that's going to throw a ton. It's going to be very good. And by the way, if Melvin Gordon doesn't show up, he's yeah. going to throw even more. So take my projections and, and put it up a bunch. He's a guy that's going way too late for me. I'm getting, him in, I'm getting so many shares of him in these mock drafts right now. Yeah, a lot of guys forget about him too. Him take and Mike him. Evans, people forget about. They yeah. want to take OBJ and Thielen and some of these names that they want to draft. Please do. Yeah. I hope these guys fall to me. Yeah. No, I, I, I like him as well. And I think if Melvin Gordon ends up leaving this team, you got to buy in more stock. Hey, where's where's Keenan Allen's overall ADP? Uh, he's 28. Yeah, third round. So, I mean, I'm, I'm getting Mike Evans with the last pick of the second round and come back. You, you, and you, early you third. can very easily go, if you're picking one in your drafts, you go Saquon, Evans, Allen as your first three picks. And that's. Sign me up. And, and, and that's based on ADP. That's not just projecting. No. Yeah. No, no that's. That, that sounds absolutely fantastic. I lo- yeah, I, 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 and he, I seen him drop even further than that. I love Keenan Allen in the third round. Love right. him, love him, love him. Yeah. All right, the number 13 overall uh, wide receiver and 35 overall uh, in ADP is Amari Cooper. Guys, what are your thoughts here? So, you know I've been riding the, the, the Amari Cooper's not as good as everyone thinks he is trained. <laughs> yes. I, I did like what I saw in a small sample size mm-hmm. in Dallas. But I'm not ready to just say everything I've seen the previous three years has just gone away now because I saw seven games in which four were good. Uh, three were terrible. Yes. He's my number 13 wide receiver. When you're starting, now we're starting to get into the top of wide receiver two territory, and I'm yes. fine taking that chance there. I just think Dal- – it's going to be weird because I, I, I don't expect Zeke to miss any time because as much as we talked about this, Jerry Jones thinks he's got a Super Bowl contender, and they ain't winning anything Without Zeke. Although Zeke came out and said, I'm not showing up without a new contract. I think they're going to get something done here. They're, they're going to meet in the middle here. I really do. I really they ain't do. meeting in the middle. Dallas is going to have to come way up from where they're wanting to do it. I've got, I've got Cooper at 16. And the reason he had really good games last year is because nobody bought into that he's a superstar player. They were right on where you are. They singled him man, man-to-man. Yep. There was no safety over the top. There was no double coverage. And in a couple games, Dak took advantage of it and they let him up. You've now got seven games on tape of how this offense wants to play. Yes, it's new offense coordinator, play caller, all that. It still all goes to Zeke. I got him at 16, but I don't think I really want to own him. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he's putting up. I have him the same numbers. as Jamie. I have him at 13, just the start of wide receiver two territory. Uh, the Zeke situation I will monitor because it will change what this offense is going to look like and how I value everybody in this offense because – it's just it, – that offense will look dramatically different if Ezekiel Elliott is not playing on that. much team. rather own Julian Edelman, who we'll talk about here, I'm guessing, shortly, than I would Amari Cooper. Okay. Number 14 overall on this list is Stephon Diggs, the secondary option in some people's opinions. But like we said earlier, we don't really know if Stephon Diggs or Adam Thielen are – they're kind of both wide receiver one guys, and we haven't seen Kirk Cousins really develop a chemistry with one over the other at this point. Yeah, he's my number 14 wide receiver as well. Uh, look, last – I mean, you want to talk about consistency. Last three years, 14, 13, 15. And that's where he's going to be. He's going to be a high-end wide receiver too. If everything goes well, he can spike into wide receiver one territory. Uh, he's going, what, in the fourth round? On our draft drafts now? 37. Yep. Yeah, so the beginning of the fourth round. I mean, again, I, I like that value more than I like where Thielen is going. So he's definitely somebody that I, I want to target there. If I can only pick one Minnesota receiver based on where they are going in drafts, based on value. I've got 
I'm taking he, Stephon Diggs. Yeah, he has more upside. He's got he can still run. He goes over the top. There's more long long distance touchdowns with with him than Thielen. Uh, I have him also as my number 15 wide receiver. I have these two guys flipped. So we're going to talk about Brandon Cooks. I have them 14-15, just flipped one position. I've got him 13-14. Yeah, I, I, I like both of these guys. I like where they're getting drafted. Brandon Cooks is the 39th overall guy, so you're getting him in the fourth round, and I like that value overall. Yeah, he's my number 16 wide receiver. He is the end of this big this Tier 3 that starts with T.Y. and Evans and goes to, yeah. to him and one other player that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, again, I think he has—he definitely has more to give than he did last year. He finishes a wide receiver 20 last year. I think he's going to be used a lot more often in the offense this year. I just don't know if he's got top 10 upside anymore. Like mm-hmm. even last year, I mean, it was 17th in that – or two years ago, he was 17th in offense. I think he's a surefire wide receiver too, but I think this is more – him and probably the next guy we're going to talk about are more in that, that safe range where I can't see them finishing in the top five, but – I can't see them finishing outside the wide receiver two territory either. I think he's the clear-cut number one there. He can still run. He runs every route. He's really fast. He's better than people think, well-rounded. He's, yeah, he's not very big, but he's not just an over-the-top guy. I think they're going to throw it more because I don't know what's going on with their running game. Yeah. Uh, I've got him right there, same thing, 14. Loved having him last year. If it's early in the fourth round, maybe not, but I don't know what better options you're going to have in the fourth round unless you're wanting to reach for one of these quarterbacks, which none of us are on board with doing. No. Uh, number 16 overall, Julian Edelman. I also have Julian Edelman coming in on my 16th overall wide receiver. Listen, uh, Gronkowski's not in New England as of right now. I know there's a lot of people that think he's going to come back. I'm not one of those people. Um, Julian Edelman is the number one option for for Tom Brady, and they're going to throw enough for him to be a decent fantasy option. Death taxes and Julian Edelman finishing as a wide receiver, too. Yeah. Just, you just mark it down at the beginning of the season. He's going to finish somewhere between 15 and 20, and he you know it. Does. So my wide receiver 15. He is safe. Don't shy away from him, especially in P- full-point PPR formats. I don't know what more you want from the guy. All he's going to do is finish in the teens among wide receivers every single year and return that draft value. Targets, catches, run after the catch. He's Brady's boy, and don't give me this. Nikhil Harry is going to come in and be a freak in, in no, New England yeah. and all that. He's not in my top 25. Edelman is the guy there. He knows the offense as well as Brady does. They use him a ton of different ways. Draft him, love him. Uh, the other wide receiver in Los Angeles coming in at number 17, and that is Robert Woods. Where do you guys have him? I have him right at 17 as well. I think he's going to regress a little bit from last year where he was wide receiver one territory. But I, I think he's going to be pretty he's – he's had success with Sean McVay. That's the two years now, 19th and 11th among fantasy wide receivers in points per game. I think he's going to be closer to that 19 than 11. Uh, but he's definitely somebody I want to grab, and, and I think he might be the last of these guys that you would consider quote-unquote safe. I think there's a lot of risk, a lot of upside, but a lot of risk with the names that are going to be after him on this list. Possession guy. I got him at 17 as well. A lot of catches, a lot of catches close to the line of scrimmage. He's not a burner. He doesn't go deep. They scheme up some stuff for him to do that. Uh, I like him. I'd rather have him. Where's his ADP? I'd rather have him a little bit lower than, than some 41. 41 overall. Okay, so fourth round. It's a little higher yeah. for me, but... I don't know. I mean, one of these guys, like Tyler Lockett, I think has more upside if you're going to be going in that round than than Robert Woods does. All right. Uh, moving right along, number 18, Kenny Galladay. I am in lockstep with this one. I have Kenny Galladay as my 18th overall guy. I've read 
some ridiculous takes about how high people have Kenny Galladay. I'm not buying into that. I think this is the range that he belongs in. Um, I have seen him in a top five conversation, and I'm trying to figure out... Top five what? Detroit options? Like I, I got a lot of questions about that. Um, he's one of those risers that I've seen uh, in a lot of fantasy places. I understand why everybody wants to love Kenny Galladay, but you have to understand that what we want isn't what we're going to get. He's outside my top 20. He's number 22 for me. The Lions are going to run the ball, and they're going to try to run the ball a lot. Keep in mind who their new offensive coordinator is and what his MO has been in Seattle all of these years. Marvin Jones Jr. is the number one wide receiver in Detroit. He's not the number one fantasy option, but he's the number one wide receiver in Detroit. He's going to be Stafford's number one option. Who did the Stafford like to throw the ball to more than anybody else? Golden Tate. Okay. You know who's playing that role this year? Danny Amendola. And I know he's not sexy and he's not fun, but Danny Amendola is going to be a problem for Detroit Lions wide receiver fantasy owners. Uh, I think Galladay has some upside, but nowhere near top five upside. Uh, he's a low-end wide receiver, too, for me. Uh, probably somebody I'm avoiding in drafts, just given where he's going. I don't have him in the top. I don't have any of them in my top 25. He's touchdown dependent, and I shy away from those guys because I think he's going to have terrible weeks where he doesn't have to do anything. Uh, number 19 overall, A.J. Green. Uh, listen, I think we all like the talent from A.J. Green, but the injury concern is obviously there. Yeah, obviously the injury hasn't fully affected the ADP yet as that gets updated. He's down at wide receiver 29 for me. Yeah, uh, he's out of my top I'm expecting right him now. to miss two or three games. Yep. Uh, so he's somebody that I, can, I still want to target, still want when he's going to play. He's going to be a low-end wide receiver one caliber production, but... He's going to miss a couple of You games. have to see where he goes. Like, right now, let me see where I, I love him for this reason. I think I a lot of people are going to forget about him. When you get the average person playing fantasy, when they're drafting and they get confused in that round five, six, seven, I don't know that his name's going to pop up. And I think a lot like Mike Evans early on, that late round one, two, I think you're going to be able to snatch him up later. I had him at 13. I dropped him at 22, but I still love to own him at the right price. It's round six is where I have him. If you look at my top 200 overall, where I put him. So if he's still there in round six, especially if you're wide receiver needy, maybe you went RB heavy early on and have an RB in your flex and you don't have that wide receiver two that you hoped, that's the guy I would or target. Or he's your flex the... getting into week four or five. Yeah. I mean, I, I, really I, would, I would target him. He's going to put up numbers. He's in a contract here. When he comes off this injury, he's going to be good. Number 20 overall, uh, Chris Godwin. From Tampa Bay. Uh, this is Jamie's guy, so I'm going to let Jamie uh, just take the mic here for a minute. So he's my number 19 wide receiver. He might move up slightly to number 18 uh, at some point. But that's where he's going to settle in, just inside the top 20 for me. I, again, you got to love the guy that's going to play in the slot in Bruce Arians' offense. And you got to love the talent that Chris Godwin is. There's, there's just If you're in any sort of hey, half, PR, half PPR or full PPR format... Chris Godwin is going to be a great player this year. He was number 44 last year when nobody knew who he was in offense and flux. He's go- Again, you can't double Chris Godwin ever. When is, when is he ever going to see double coverage? If Mike Evans and O.J. Howard both get hurt at the same time? Yeah. I mean, who, how, he's going to be the guy that, as Jake mentioned earlier, what is B.A.'s offense scheme to do? Throw it to the open guy. Well, guess who's going to be open a lot in the middle of the field this year? Chris, Chris Godwin. Godwin. He's 20 for me overall, and I have nothing to add. I'm in total agreement with Jamie. I got him at 24 for no other reason than I don't want to be a homer. Yeah. We'll <laughs> That's it. Because we'll, be we'll be homers for you. If you He's watch top 20 anything coming out of Tampa's camp, and I was there for three practices, touchdown after touchdown after touchdown in the red zone, two-minute drill, big play here, big play there, inside, outside. You're playing in man-to-man, and he's just been destroying it against really good young corners that they've drafted. They've been playing really good in camp. He can do anything. Yes. He, this is not somebody. He plays all three yeah. positions. He's going to play in the slot. Yeah, he can't only he can play the slot, or he's only good in the red zone, or he's only a spin. No, he can do everything. 
and he will be used as such in that offense. Number 21 overall is somebody I loved having and uh, was massively disappointed when he got injured, and that is Cooper Cup. He was great for me uh, going in throughout that whole time. Him and Jared Goff have really nice chemistry, um, but a big-time injury last year, 21 overall. I'm in agreement with I got him at 21 guys. overall because this is another one of Jamie's guys he loves to talk about. ACLs, you know my stance on it. Yeah. Receivers are different than running backs. Yep. They take a different workload. I still don't think he's within 15% of where he was last year. I still have him at 21. At the right price, I'd still like to own him because that offense is going to throw it a lot. Take it away. Yeah, I mean, he's guy. my number 20. Uh, again, when he's on the field, he's going to be great. I, I, You do have to worry about how long it's going to take him to recover. He's not going to be the same guy, and that's why he's here at 20. Because last year I had him at 13, and that's where he would have been probably around 12 or 13 this year if he had never torn his ACL. He might have been probably top 10 yeah. if he didn't tear his ACL. So you have to be concerned because even if you look at all the ACLs that were torn last year and guys that came back, they weren't quite the same relative to expectations in year one. So you have to temper them a bit. But where he is going, when he's on the field, I think he's going to give you wide receiver two production. It just doesn't have that same upside this season because of the injury. He's another one of those sexy names. People forget that he's coming off an ACL and they draft too high. Yeah. So I, I don't expect him to be there where I'm going to want to draft him. Uh, number 22 overall, Calvin Ridley. Uh, I have Ridley just outside my top 25. Where do you guys have him rated? He's 26 for me. Uh, yeah. I, I, look, I, I love the talent. He really came on at the end of last year. made me very happy. I held on to him through the lean first part of the season. Uh, look, I, I'm really high on Atlanta's offense this year. I think we're going to get the Atlanta team we thought we were going to get last year, this year, assuming that they stay healthy relatively on both sides of the ball because that team on defense was already weak and then just got decimated by injuries. Uh, I, I don't – he finishes number 27 wide receiver last year. I think he's going to finish somewhere around there again because I think it's going to be more stable. He's going to have more production early in the year. He's got wide receiver two upside. So if you want to take him over – again, if somebody says right now I, I'm going to fight you, I'm going to take him over Kenny Galladay and Cooper Cup because of Galladay's issues and Cup being injured, I'm not going to fight yeah, you over it. I, I would agree. But I also think that there's only so much offense that can go around. And again, when you start predicting multiple people in the top 20, that's why it's hard in Tampa as well. It's like somebody somebody has to not eat in one of these places. Uh, and it's, it's why, you know, Jake's a little bit more down on how I'm feeling and why I probably drop him. Because again, there's only so much offense that can go around at the same position. I like him a lot. I would feel way more comfortable with him in my flex than I would at wide receiver too. Yeah, I got him in 2021. I'd rather have him in my flex as well, but I think this offense is going to throw it a ton. It's the polar opposite of my prediction for the Vikings, where they're going to run it a lot more. I think Atlanta's going to throw it a lot more than they have in the last couple of years. And I think their defense is still not going to be very good, even no. though they're healthier. And they're going to be throwing it a ton with Matty Ice, who's the best in the business at the end of the the end of the game, yeah, and you're going to be doubling and tripling Julio at that point. Yep. So I think he's going to get some of those junk yards. That's the only reason I got him a little bit higher than you guys. Number 23 overall, and now the number one option for Russell Wilson is Tyler Lockett. What are your guys' thoughts going in for, for Lockett? I have him at 18, but he's I'm extremely uneasy about it. I have him at 19, so I have him inside my top 20. He hasn't finished inside the top 20 ever. I know Doug Baldwin's not there, but Doug Baldwin really wasn't there last year either. My concern with him is he catches a touchdown every seven targets. I don't think he's going to catch a touchdown every seven targets yeah, the rest no. of his career. There's, there's, he is Wilson's number one option. As good as DK Metcalf looks in camp, and I like what David Moore did at the end of the year, there's really no competition for those targets. Yeah. But my concern is, is can you draft a guy who has – his upside is like 85 targets? Can you draft him among the top 20 wide receivers? And so – He's somebody I'm wrestling back and forth with. Like, I have him there now, but I could easily drop him outside the top 20. I, 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 I hate to admit this, but I don't know what to do with Tyler Lockett right now. Yeah, I, I really don't. I haven't been that big on him. I've got him at 18 as well. And Doug Baldwin was there last year. 
He was there when they put the scheme in with new True. offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer. He was there still dealing with this thing until they put him on IR. So he didn't go into the season with Tyler Lockett as the one. DK Metcalf's going to draw a bunch of double coverage, which means you're going to be singling up Tyler Lockett, who's going to run past damn near everybody in the league. And, and who throws Wilson. a better deep ball than Russell Wilson? Yeah. Nobody. Maybe in the history of football. That's why I like him at 18. I like it. I was, I was having the same thing with you, yeah. and then I was like, I'm talking Somebody, myself into liking it maybe even more. Somebody's got to eat in that offense. It's going to be him. And it's going to be him. They're going to play and, action off of it, and they're hoping DK Metcalf, the rookies, draw on double coverage. And I trust Russell Wilson to get him the ball enough. I trust that he's going to get enough targets. I, I am in the same agreement. I was with Jamie. I was back and forth kind of wrestling yeah. with it because you haven't seen it, but he hasn't been given this opportunity, and I think that's why I can talk myself into him being a top 20 guy is because when given the opportunity, I think he's talented enough in an offense is talented enough and made for him to have that top 20. And, and I think that's why I keep him there because we talk about guys I like that I have behind him. Like I like Chris Godwin, but he's the number two there. I like Cooper Cup, but he's the second or third option because he's coming off his ACL injury. I like Calvin Ridley, but exactly. he's the number two there. Uh, you know, like getting number one options in the fourth, that's, fifth, sixth round is hard. Yes. Yeah. And oh, by the way, with elite quarterbacks. Oh, and by the way, Seattle's gonna have to throw a lot more because their defense sucks. Yes, also it's that. a bad. Like I don't think people realize how bad Seattle's defense has gotten, and Baltimore's too. People still thinking about them as if they were the last couple of years. Those two defenses got considerably worse in the offseason. Yes, they did. Uh, number 24 overall, Tyler Boyd. Uh, good option in Cincinnati. Uh, a reflection of the A.J. Green news. I think he got bumped up a little bit. But he was valuable to own last year, even when A.J. Green was in there. Yeah, I had him and really liked him. I got him just outside my top 25 still. I probably haven't adjusted it enough with the A.J. Green news. I still think A.J. Green comes back by week three or four and is a really, really solid player. Uh, I love guys in contract years because A.J. Green ain't playing playing Cincinnati from now on. He's trying to get paid and go somewhere else. So I think he comes back. But I love – Boyd was really good last year, but he's yeah. better when A.J. Green was on the field. So I got him just outside the top 25 because what Jamie just said, he's not the number one option there. He might be in week one or two. Yes. I don't think I can adjust it enough to put him in top inside the top 25. Yeah, I mean, he's number 24 for me, and Jake's point is the one I wanted to make. He's actually been better when A.J. Green's on the field, so I didn't bump him up. I, I left him in the same spot with A.J. Green's injury. He's in tier down for me. He's a tier down from everybody we just talked about, um, aside from Calvin Ridley. I have him in the same tier as those two guys together. Going to like to have him there, maybe as a flex option, but I, I'm I'm not as high on him as a lot of the – You know, it's, it's funny, though. A lot, I go back to this because I go back to all the drafts I did last year in the mocks. There's not a lot of Bengals fans in your league. There's not a lot of Bengals homers that are taking yeah. Bengals just for the hell of it. Like you get Browns and Steelers and yeah. Raiders and whatever else. So he's going to be there later on. He's yeah. a guy I definitely want to own at the right price. And if people forget about him again, I think there's a theme going on with some of these receivers that just don't have sexy names for some reason. Yeah, for sure. Man, snatch him up and put him on your team. If he sits on your bench for a little bit, you're happy. Yeah, yeah. He's there's going to be a, there's going to be a time you're going to want him. Yeah, he's my 25th overall guy. He rounds out my top 25. I think that's I, I am in agreement with you guys. Everything you're saying, I like him no matter whether or not AJ Green's on the field. And point proven that he was better when AJ was there. Uh, and I do think AJ Green's going to come back. Uh, Mike Williams, number 25 overall guy. He's getting drafted the 60th overall position. Uh, the LA Chargers number two option. Guys. Yeah, he's number 21 for me. Uh, I, I'm the, the talent is undeniable. Uh, it looks like he's healthy now. He's going to be he's going to be again the number 2 option in a, in a great offense that's going to pass the ball a ton with or without Melvin Gordon. You have to project a little bit for him because we haven't seen it yet because of the injury history, but I think he's got he's somebody that's outside the top 20 right now that I think has top 10 potential. I love the player. I had him last year. I've got him just outside my top 25, and I'm really not sure why because Tyrell Williams is gone. 
The over-the-top stuff probably still going to be Mike Williams. They're going to throw it. The offense is going to be really good. The defense is really good. They're going to be get a bunch of three and outs. Be back. I, I, it makes a lot of sense to be in that 16, 17 range. And I owned him last year, and he's my, one of my breakout guys from last year. And he did at times. This definitely could be that. Mm-hmm. Love to own him. I think he's one of those guys, the opposite of what we just talked about. People are going to draft him high because everybody's high on the Chargers. And that's the problem. He's he. You're. I mean, 60 is right about it. Like a few picks later, if I can get into round six before I take him. But he's someone that has a high likelihood of being overdrafted. Yeah. yeah. He's my 23rd overall guy. I have him inside my top 25. But we talk about – these are our rankings. But you also have to equate what we talk about when we talk about value. Because sometimes mm-hmm. you. I, I think people forget – Yes, you might. I, I like a lot of players, but I don't like a lot of players at a specific if position. If you're going to take anything from our show, especially these ranking shows, is take that. Where are we taking them? Yeah, yes. we love them. Yes. We love the offense. We're giving you football reasons why, analytical reasons why. Where are you getting these guys? Because value to me is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so we've ended out the top 25 on Fantasy Pros. What guys are missing from your list uh, that we haven't mentioned yet? So one of the guys is Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, I think number one option there in Philadelphia finished the last two years inside the top 25 wide receivers and fantasy points per game. I I have to take some level of projection. I think Carson Wentz stays relatively healthy this year. I know Jake's going to think so because we should ask him because he didn't get to defend his Carson Wentz ranking. Yeah. Uh, He's been great when he's been on the field and healthy his entire career, no matter where he's been. I think people are forgetting about him. He's I got him, him at 19. Yeah. yeah I love I'm him. A, Number I'm one a, option with a really, really yeah. good quarterback. Yeah, and I think a lot of what you're seeing, um, his reflection, he's 28, uh, 69th overall guy. I have him as my 24th overall guy. I think a lot of what you're seeing is people are hesitant because of Carson Wentz. And I get that. I understand being Did a anybody little, watch Carson Wentz two years ago? They yeah. did. They're just the injury. Do you yeah. want me to def- defend it now? Yeah, let's if, go if ahead. If you had to pick him over again now, would you take Goff or Wentz? Wentz. Wentz. Absolutely. There's your damn answer. Yeah, I, I don't think it's, and I don't. I, I didn't have to think close. about that hard. He's yeah, the dude. They close. love him. Could you imagine Carson yeah. Wentz with Sean McVay? No, because yeah. <laughs> he could call a play in the huddle with and Sean McVay really have something there. Todd Gurley in the backfield and those three receivers. It's not even close. You're talking about a top five talent. If you're starting the NFL over again tomorrow, mm-hmm. it's Andrew Luck. It's Mahomes. Wentz is in that category. Yeah. There's my answer. He's back. Yes, I'm worried about injuries like everybody else, but he doesn't have any more risk of an injury than anybody else playing quarterback in the NFL. Uh, he Aaron, doesn't. Aaron Rodgers has had two major injuries, yep. and for some reason escapes that conversation and people being hesitant and about His number him. one guy is Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. He's the number one receiver in that offense. And he's so been good. He's, and he's you, always, you, yeah. It's not like you have to imagine what – he's been good in that offense with that team, yeah. with and without Carson Wentz. Yes. yes. So I got him at 19. I agree with that. That's a great one. I got another one, Will Fuller. Okay. Completely injury – yeah, depending. Yeah. So, like, if he's healthy, then him and Deshaun Watson have some freaking chemistry. They did his. They did his rookie year. Getting getting drafted. I will be happy to snatch him up and throw him on my bench at that point. Because if anything happens to Hopkins, or their defense gets a couple injuries, I mean, they're gonna be throwing it a ton. And he goes deep. He catches the deep ball, and they have a chemistry that's just. It's odd how good it is, and I love that. He's been really good for me the last couple of years. I put, put him in and out of the lineup, yes. but I'd love to have him get the right practice. He's my 35th wide receiver. It's all about injury. My, my, again, just my concern is he didn't tear, tear his ACL that long ago. Like he hit, talk about Cooper, Cooper Cup tore his ACL before – well, Fuller tore his ACL. He tore his ACL, easy for me to say. A little, again, a little concerned about that, about the timeline. The thing there. I like better on the ACLs is Will Fuller runs straight. That's true. He ain't running a whole lot of routes. He ain't he running digs and comebacks can't. and – Right. <laughs> but they have a chemistry on the deep ball. And they yeah. do. And they have. And they've shown that. Uh, the other guy in my top 25 that wasn't mentioned is 
Allen Robinson. Yep. Uh, I will. Too. I've got him at 22. Yeah. 22. Again, I will remind everybody. Okay, in your mind, think about how old do you think Allen Robinson is? You're wrong. He's only 25. Yeah. I, I think was people say 27, keep, and I was still thought I understood it. Can't think. If people keep forgetting how young this guy is, and when he's been on the field, he's been productive. He was 35th last year. 32 a couple years ago when he was with Jacksonville. Three years ago, he was a top 10 wide receiver. He's a number one. He's a number one option on offense. I think is going to be sneaky good this year. I think we're going to see another step forward from Mitchell Trubisky. Throw it a ton until November. Yep. Guy I like there. I think. I think he's going well underdrafted. Listen, I, I, I have him 22 overall, and without feeling like too much of a homer, I have way more confidence in Allen Robinson than I do in Kenny Galladay. I'm just going to oh, say that. Absolutely. And Kenny Galladay is going significantly sooner. One is the number one Allen. guy. Cor- correct. I, I, that's all I'm going to say. With a better offensive line on a better team. On a better team that's going to – With a better coach that schemes it up better. That's – all those things – so you know it's 15 spots lower in the ADP here. Yeah. That's that's what we're talking so about. So let me throw out a couple names, a few names out of my list, and you guys let me know what you think. Because I don't think any of these guys are going to be in any of our top 25s, but just guys that are getting a lot of talk about. One of them is Sammy Watkins. He's number 27 for me. He was a sexy pick when Tyreek Hill was maybe going to be suspended – what do you do with him now? I always look at him as a player that has more talent than production for his yeah. entire – both in real life and fantasy football. He's a flex option at best for me, but people are going to want that number two option in Casey's offense. I think people are going to reach for that reason, and that's why I won't uh, because I – maybe it's a personal thing, but I've always been – like Jamie said, he's he's never lived up to the talent, and that's always been a frustrating thing because I've been a person that drafted him and thought, yeah, maybe it's this year, and it's never been that year. Uh, and I think I I draft with a lot of people from the Midwest. I draft with a lot of people who are Kansas City Chiefs fans, and they are all going to reach on all of the Chiefs players because they think the Chiefs are winning the Super Bowl. Please this year. do. I was hoping one of you guys would say this, so I didn't have to, but I'll say it now. In Bruce Arians' offense, Mike Wallace, Manuel Sanders, John Brown, JJ Nelson, the best guy to ever play that position is Rashad Perryman. He's six three, two twenty eight, and faster than all those guys. He's going to get four shots a game. Yeah. A guy, you're, where you're talking about getting him, who knows? Yeah. No, undrafted. Undrafted. He's in my top 75, but he's pretty much going undrafted right If now. you've ever owned J.J. Nelson for that reason, as a flex or whatever, there's a time you're going to want him. He's going to have his shots. The dude is an absolute freak. He's playing really well. He's more rounded, than, well-rounded than people think. He was a first-round pick for a reason. Yeah, he's a 110 overall wide receiver and the 326. Yeah, undrafted. Undrafted. That's insanity. Told you, I, I like him taking one of your last picks, especially in best ball leagues. Oh, yeah. And he's going to have – look, I'm telling you right now, the dude in person is a freak. He needed some confidence. He's got it. First-round talent. I, he went, what, 18th overall? Yeah, 20th people overall? forget. Yeah, I, I – But he also went to the place where all receivers go to die. Right. Got and it was hurt. He got built back up last year in Cleveland yeah. and has now come at it. I'm telling you, 6'2", 6'3", 228, and runs 4'2", or whatever it was coming out? Yeah, he's, he's a freak. Yeah, he's a freak. And all the other guys you were describing, specifically John Brown, I mean, you're talking about small guys. Don't Mike have Wallace is probably the, the biggest of that bunch. Yeah, but don't have nearly and can, the And can fly, but Mike Wallace didn't run 4'2", 5", or 4'2", 8", whatever. I mean, it's value. We're talking about value, and somebody you might want to look at late. He's going undrafted. Yeah. Take him. Take him. Take him late. Uh, anybody else? Just want to two, two more guys that have been rising up my boards. So want to get your thoughts on one has been a sexy trend to go up. Is that Geronimo Allison? Yeah, he's going to play the slot in Green Bay. He's my number thirty-two wide receiver. I like the role. Uh, Mike Tagliere, Fantasy Pros, did a study last year and found out for fantasy purposes, each target from a slot receiver was worth eleven percent more than outside targets. Ooh. 
That's an interesting fact to know. That's that's general across the league. But he's going to play in that slot role for, again, I think the Packers are going to throw a lot. They're still having to hang about Jones and Williams, and it's getting worse, which tells me they're going to throw more. Because the more Williams in the game, the more they can easily throw. Do you like Aaron Rodgers' number two target? Yeah. Yes. Is he going to be the hot when they blitz? And yes. And get a bunch of quick – yes. Yes. You've got to love him, depending on where the value is. Another guy I'd love to own late. And the other guy who's moved up to number 47 is Dante Moncrief. I've been screaming all offseason it's not going to be James Washington. It's going to be Dante Moncrief that wins that job. He has the clear front runner for that role. James Washington isn't even the front runner for the number three spot right now. Deontay, uh, Deontay Johnson is if he's healthy. So I, he's somebody I want to grab on my bench and see because that number, the number two option in Pittsburgh is going to have value. I know no technically doubt. Vance McDonald's the number two option, but the number two receiver. He's, one, he's going 157. Right now. Yeah, yeah that's Monty. another great one. I mean, here's another number one option we haven't talked about. Ryan Anderson. Oh, the, Robbie, uh, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson, yeah. yeah. I mean, at a yeah. certain point, he's he puts up, num- he puts up numbers. Yeah, they're not going yeah. They drafted a quarterback last year with a second overall pick. Yeah, he's they going, love him. He's 29 overall in fantasy pros and 74th overall guy. He's probably a little high. But he's 39 he, dro- he drops any farther than that, he's a guy that's put up numbers in the past. He can get deep. He scores touchdowns. Yeah, he's 39 Somebody for else me. to think about. Again, I like him in best ball formats. Again, Adam Gase's offense scares me. Uh, Robbie Anderson's off the field antics scare me. Yeah. But he, again, he's the even on a bad offense, he's the number one option. Yeah. Clearly. At a certain, at a certain point, you need to know that you're going to get targets, and he's going to get targets. So um, we were talking about people getting overdrafted. You're talking about the Steelers, the Packers, the Cowboys, the Giants, Sterling Shepard, and Golden Tate coming off suspension. There's a place for both of these guys. Yes. So we put up numbers in the past. That I think you have to look at. It's just a matter of where do you draft it? Where do you think is too high? Where do you think they should? Well, let's do Shepard first. I moved him back up. I have him 80th overall, 81st overall. I'm not worried about the um, thumb, but people are worried gonna, about that. He's going to play week one, and I have my number 38 wide receiver against he's 38 also. Bench option. Yeah. You're not even. You're not, he's not even flex play. He's bench option. He he can be productive. I, again, I would have rather him play in the slot, not for the Giants, but if I'm owning Sterling Shepard, I'd rather him play in the slot. He's still the number one option on a team that's going to have to throw because they're yes. going to be getting counted. So I, I think he's somebody that you want to own. And then Golden Tate, I'm assuming the four-game suspension is going to happen. I, yeah. I, I saw his reasoning, but there's very little wiggle room. And that I mean that, that stuff's collectively bargained. And there's the NFL can't mess around with that like they can all these other suspensions. I would still take Golden Tate just inside the top 100 because I think he's going to be – a flex-type player for you, maybe even wide receiver two when he's on the field. So he's wide receiver 44 for me. I would take him – what is it? I have him 97th overall. So I would take him in the ninth round still. Yeah, I just, so I was taking Edelman last year in the eighth and yeah. knowing I was going to sit on it. Yeah. I like him a little bit less than that, but same thing. Nine or ten, if people yeah. forget about him, I think he's going to get overdrafted because he's a giant. But if so, he's there at nine the, or ten, you can live with the four-game suspension. But think about it this way. If you were, where you were drafting him normally, odds are he was going to be a bench player for you. So what were the odds you were going to play him in the first four weeks where there were no, no real bots? Not a lot unless there's injuries here. So then why does it matter? Right. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, it's a I, great point. I want to ask you guys this, though, because these are now we've talked about both of these guys, and they're, getting, they're back-to-back spots. So I want to know which one you'd rather have. Geronimo Allison, at, at pick, you're at pick 115, and you get okay, Geronimo so Allison. 10? Okay. Or Golden Tate at pick 111. Allison. Which, okay. Because even when Golden Tate's on the field, I think his upside is being somewhere between wide receiver 20 and wide receiver 25. Geronimo Allison could have top 15 upside. He could. I don't think it's – again, I put that at 15% chance. But it's there. But he's the number two option in Green Bay. And if anything happens to Devontae Adams for any reason, that's where the ball's going. So I want to take the other side of that, but I really can't. Because if you rewind three or four years, Jordy Nelson's the number one in Green Bay and Devontae Adams is the two. 
Devontae Adams is a freak. Yeah. yeah. I don't think Geronimo Allison, Allison is that. No. Maybe he's 15, 20% less than Devontae Adams. But that's still, still puts really him, good. That still puts him in a, in I, a I think really high category. If we're going back to back, I'd, I'd take Allison too. All right. Well, that's I, I think. But I think they're going to be going in opposite directions. I think Allison's going to continue to rise, and Kate's going to continue to fall. Because right. when that suspension is announced as official and the appeal is lost, I think people. I think he's going to start. To, Tate's going to start to plummet down boards. Interesting one to pay attention to. Any final thoughts on our wide receiver rankings here, guys? Not a ton. Again, I, I think the one thing I would notice is just fade the rookies for the most part. I mean, if I had to take one, I'd take DK Metcalf because it looks like he's going to start opposite of Tyler Lockett, but. He's just inside my top 50 receivers. Like, I, I don't think there's going to be a ton of fantasy impact. Nikhil Harry won't be on any of my teams. As much as I love Hollywood Brown, the, foot, pra- in- the foot injury in that offense and no, is, is, is bad. No, By all accounts, Lamar Jackson looks good throwing it, but yeah, no, he ain't even practicing. So don't, don't. It's all about value, people. Yes. Don't take that much risk. I'll, I'll leave you with this thought. There is, I am taking, I am not leaving my draft without a Miami wide receiver on my okay. bench. Because in the chance that Fitzpatrick starts, you have a chance that for one of these guys, to which be, I, now I think it looks like Kenny Stills is going to win the slot job. So it's either Kenny Stills or Devontae Parker. One of those guys could be flex territory plays if Fitzpatrick is the starter, for as long as Fitzpatrick is the starter. So these guys are going for free right now. Yeah. Grab one at the end of your draft. Grab both and see what happens. I'll leave you with this. Draft as late as possible. If you're mm-hmm. one of these leagues that's trying to get your schedule to down now, when you're going to do it, push it back as far as you can. If you can get past week three's games, which is getting a little risky, but if you can do that, there's going to be a lot that happens in the next three weeks between now and then where these rankings could completely flip-flop. So I'll leave you with push it back as far as you can on your draft. Don't do it right now if you, if you can help it. Yeah, feel free to tag any of us on social media, and I will write you a personal note to send to your commissioner as to why it is absolutely moronic to draft early on. It sucks. Late I mean, July would you like to be drafting two on? days from now with no, no Melvin Gordon, no, no Ezekiel Elliott? No. What's why? Going, oh. Why? I just, my question to anyone When all is, of it should be why? resolved in three weeks. Yes. Why? I, I'm, sadly, I'm in the unfortunate situation where I have to draft in 11 days. Yeah, I don't even but like I'm hoping there's more clarity. Yeah. But is. to me, like, if, if you could draft that, that first, what is that first weekend of September? So, like, the first and second that, are, that is the weekend? If you could do yes. that. That's yeah, so, so the 31st yeah. and the first. If you could do it that weekend... That'd I scheduled one on the right 25th, so yeah, just push it back if you can. It shouldn't to... be late August. Yeah. You shouldn't be drafting before the middle of August. Yeah. If you're drafting before August 15th, write your commissioner and tell them, Paige, Paige Jake, and Jamie said you're an idiot and change our draft date. That's that's exactly what I want you to tell your commissioner. There you go. Uh, how can everybody follow you guys on social media? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at Jay Eisner FFB on Instagram. Jake B. Arians on Twitter. Uh, you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on Twitter and Instagram. You should follow the Draft Network at Draft Network LLC. And you should follow us at TDN Fantasy underscore and at TDN Fantasy on Instagram. Have a great Wednesday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.